This is Glenn Howard. And you're listening to Without Your Head. Station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. I'm Treacherous Trista. And we're joined by Vera and Kendall Welpton, the makers of the documentary Sleepless Unrest, which you can read on his very cool glow in the dark hat, The Real Conjuring Home, which opens July 16th in theaters and video on demand. It's good to have you guys here. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for doing this. So, when did, uh, for people who don't know, explain what Sleepless Unrest is about? So um, imagine, uh, you know, some some friends coming together on a little adventure uh, and, you know, the location just happens to be the real conjuring home. Uh, We, you know, we Vera and I jumped in the car with our cameras and met up with Brian or Michelle, some paranormal investigators and. Uh, you know, met the Heinzens who own the house and they, they invited us to move in with them for a couple of weeks. And, you know, we just documented everything. It was, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was, it was just, you know, a typical adventure to go meet up with some friends. But, you know, after the days went by in the house, we started really learning what the house had to offer. Along those lines, so you go there and you, you're filming uh, and you said, you know, you know, first you're just getting together to see what's going on. How did you know going in, you're going to make a documentary or does that come about while you're there? So, uh, we were invited to investigate for fun because mm-hmm. Brian and Rochelle are friends and, uh, 
the Conjuring movie is like actually Kendall's favorite movie of all times, and I liked it too. But I was more chicken when I watched it for sure. But um, you know, I told him I need motivation. If I'm going to put myself through the torture, uh, give me a task. And I and it, I don't know. A lot of uh, filmmakers find this um, it's very comfortable to be behind the camera. It's almost like a security blanket when you're behind camera and you're focusing, you know, on a task and a scene and trying to like maneuver. So that was that made it easier for me, to be honest, to be holding a camera and filming and thinking of work. And because uh, it was nerve wracking. I was I was pretty scared. I didn't know what to expect. And <laughs> so all in all, that, that's how it came about. I told Kendall, I'll go if I film. And he said, are you curious? Like, that's the country house. I don't know if we can film. And I told him, well, let's ask. There's nothing to lose if we ask them, the owners, and the owners that would allow us to film. So we called them, and we were super nervous, and they were amazing. They were just totally welcoming. They said, absolutely. In fact, that's their goal when they purchase the home is to, to share that with the public and to actually, you know, show that it's real. Mm -hmm. that things are happening to them. And that was an honor. I mean, we were honored to to be given this an opportunity, this opportunity to actually film in their location. And we didn't know. It's like it might nothing might happen. It might yeah. be all Hollywood. But to our surprise, by the third or fourth day, things started happening. Mm -hmm. So did how did you uh, how did you find them? Like did they contact you or did you, you know, uh, contact them once you found out they bought the house? Yeah, uh, Brian Murray, who uh, I worked with on uh, the show Ghost Hunters, and Rochelle, uh, also Rochelle Stratton, who I worked with on Ghost Hunters. Uh, Brian called me up one day. We were, Bear and I were actually at another location staying, and uh, he said, hey, man, how would you like to come and hang out with us at the Conjuring home? And that was basically it. I mean, we kind of... The story goes a little back. So Jay Blomke, who is an EP, had an event at the Conjuring Home. So he knew the Heinzons. He had an event. He called you to do to be part of the live. Yeah, yeah. And you told him, hey, how about Brian and Rochelle? So Brian and Rochelle got introduced to the Dark Zone show, to the Heinzons. And uh, Corey Heinzon is an ex-Marine. Brian Murray is an ex-Marine. They totally hit it off. Hit it off, yeah. And they stay in touch. Then after that, it was a, a month later, mm -hmm. uh, Brian called you. He's like, hey, they asked, you know, they asked me to go to the country home to investigate. Let's go. And it was supposed to be just an old friends, just pure investigation for fun. And like I said, I, I told Kendall, let's film. And Kendall's like, let's do it. Let's do it. And he geared up the car. I mean, the car was packed. <laughs> what you see in the film, it's real. Like, it was I completely packed in gear. And it was just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, this is during COVID. So it was like. Yeah, production was down. We couldn't hire We did it all. I mean. We, and it was just yeah. all of us that trust each other, really. And the, the, the place was uh, closed from tours and everything mm -hmm. because of COVID. And yeah. it was just us secluded <laughs> in the cabin. It made it better like that without a huge crew and stuff. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, it just, it was just. Us documenting, it was challenging, but it, it, it just, there was something about it that, you know, the less, the less people around and, you know, just us documenting in our experiences, that's kind of what the documentary became is it just kind of happened that way. You know, usually you go in with a crew and you kind of, you know, you, you, you go and you, you plan all this stuff, but this was just kind of fly by the seat of your pants and, and see what we can capture, you know. We ended up on camera as well as part of everything because we, we wanted to put cameras everywhere. Yeah. And how do you hide from cameras when you're sleeping in the place? <laughs> you know, it was impossible. So we had to emerge 
ourselves in within the story. Um, that's how it happened. How, yeah, we had cameras born. on us when we slept, and mm-hmm. I think the only place we didn't have a camera was in the bathroom. That was that was. There's only one bathroom for everybody. <laughs> oh, one bathroom, yeah. one shower, and it was the most scary thing ever. I did have my GoPro. I had my GoPro with because if something happens, I'm gonna capture it. Yeah. I know something's gonna happen while I'm naked in this shower because I feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> it was really, really scary. And I'm not the only one. Uh, Rochelle actually said she was very, very scared in the shower as well. Uh, Trista, do you have a question? Can you guys talk about some of the equipment that you use in the film? Yeah, so um, the uh, for the paranormal investigation equipment, we had um, we had a DV, DVR camera system that was rolling all the time. Uh, the Heinzens have a DVR system that has, I think, uh, like 10 to 12 cameras. And then we brought our DVR system, which is audio and, and video, which had uh, seven, six cameras on that, um, all IR. So we, we had the house wired. It was like Big Brother, you know, it was just cameras everywhere. And then uh, for investigation equipment, we had, um, well, we had uh, the spirit box, which was very interesting. Vera and I got introduced to that the first time. John Huntington, who's, who uh, is just. He was a caretaker. Yeah, the, the caretaker. The Phenomenal uh, results out of that. I've never seen anything like it. Um, what else do we have? We had, um, well, we had the Paralyte, which was pretty neat. Um, we had this music for the first bo- time. Too. Yeah. The first yeah. Time. We had this music box uh, motion mm-hmm. sensor. That was really neat. It was handmade by someone in, in England friend, you know, part of the paranormal community. And, and did he gift it to you? Oh no, that wasn't the music box. That was, um, yeah, that's a, that's a proximity. Oh, center. Yeah. That's Brian Drushell's music yes. box. Yeah, yeah. They brought that. Yeah. Yes. And then um, we had a camera that uh, a really neat scientific camera. That's uh, it's a EMC CD camera. It's a photon camera. So the photon camera captures photon events. And there's a theory that, um, you know, paranormal activity happens. It's, it's chart discharging photons. So, um, yeah, we had that camera, we had a thermal camera, we had audio, we had actual old school audio recording. We did some, uh, tape, you know, some old tape with, uh, with a, a condenser mic, which was kind of cool. We kind of mixed the old and the new and tried that. I mean, we, we threw everything we had at it and, um, I can't think of anything else we might have we brought. Had, we had all kinds of stuff. Cat balls. <laughs> cat balls. Yeah, that's right. The cat balls were fun. Which they were yeah. laid out once in a while. Yeah. But, you know, like, how are they, I'm 50-50. I'm a little more on the skeptical side. Uh, I like to, I'm super analytical. I try to question everything. I annoy him a lot with my questions sometimes. But um, I think that's what makes us a good team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm very technical. I'm definitely more on the skeptical side. But I have to say the spirit box like I've seen this in some other things, but it was like to me like the most clear uh, directions. You can clearly hear it, you know, saying right and left. And I thought that was uh, that was pretty wild, honestly. What was like when, when you're using that? Had you said you never used it before, so I don't know how you could compare it to other times someone else has used it. Hmm, that's a good question. I've I've seen it being used before. I we just never used it because we were like, eh. I didn't like it. You, we weren't convinced. Actually, yeah. I mean, that was the first question Corey Heinz and the owner asked us. What do you, how do you feel about this paper? Because it's very controversial. You yeah. either like it or you hate it. And we, we were like, eh, we don't know. And then you playing said, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't think it's something I didn't you know valid. But then he was like, okay, okay. And then he 
did a session. I gotta say, like I you heard it say Vera's name. I heard it say my name. I heard it swear, which. If it swears, it's not on the radio, which, you know, if you swear on the radio, you're getting fine. But on command, by, you know, asking it. Yeah, Corey asked it to swear, and then it swore. And it's like, how the heck is this thing doing that? You know, and it's like, I don't know, it's a radio shack radio. How is that even possible? So it really, it it got me. I was like, okay, there's there's something to this, you know, it's interesting. It's your brain wanting to hear a specific yeah, that's word, how I you know? usually look at that kind of stuff, but it was uh, much more like, oh, it really, you can really hear it say right and left. And that right? was, yeah, yeah. that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what I made that specific piece made it to the film because we're like, oh, okay, that's very intriguing. That was good yeah. to my head because yeah. I don't know if I can explain that. And it interacts with John a lot. Like, John's really like, weird. we call them magic boy because he was <laughs> like, that thing was like just talking to him a ton it was it was very interesting it was like he had a relationship yeah with something i yeah. know it was really creepy uh when when vera said that you know it was challenging um some of the stuff in it like the the bridge and going down the well even regardless if anything's haunted like you know this is a, this could be dangerous things um was there anything that was like dangerous to do just because you're in an old house you're in you know you're out at not too many people <clears throat> um you know i think for us, we just have been to a lot of locations. And like, for me, I'm just like the curious cat that wants to get in it, you know? Um, and so like, I just, I don't know. I like adventure and stuff. He's and- wild. <laughs> He's fearless. I'm cautious. I'm more scary cat. I don't even know. I love this stuff. I absolutely love the research and uh, the production of everything. Um, I have to kind of, um, Pull me back a little pull, bit. Pull them back a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for like, da- danger, I, I don't know. I think the well was probably danger is his best the, friend. He was yeah, looking at like the bridge, yeah. you know, going like seriously, like do you have to go yeah. there? Like no, you don't. But well, I, I mean, anyway. yeah, because <laughs> if you hear a noise coming from somewhere, you got to go see, you know, make sure. Yeah, that seems very well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tristy, you have another question. <laughs> what were your respective scariest moments in the cabin? I had a lot. I mean, okay, so there's several, and there's so much that didn't make the the film because, to be honest, we had a lot of personal experiences, like each of us, all of us. But at the end, it just ended up being a personal experience, and it, it didn't come across camera as a strong physical evidence. So we didn't include any of that. Um, all of us experienced creepy, creepy stuff. And I I got touched one night. I got, I felt like a finger poking my rib really hard. And while you're sleeping. When I, when it was, yeah, I woke me up and I kicked the blankets. I didn't want to look because I felt like something was there and it was painful. Um, I just started praying. To be honest, that's what I do. That's just me. I, I was just like, please, whatever you are, just go away. And um, my my analytical mind kept thinking, well, maybe it's a cramp. You know, maybe I'm so scared that I'm frozen and I'm just moving here. So now my, my muscles are just kind of tense and twitching and maybe it's a nerve, pinching a nerve. But it, it continued. Anyway, to my surprise, I told John 
the homeowner the next morning and she said oh that's a claim that happens all the time people complain of side pain all the time and apparently it goes all the way back to the parents the original family that lived there i had no idea cindy parent apparently used to get tortured yeah. at night uh tormented yeah uh, physically yeah so then i was like oh okay i don't know what to make of that but yeah. that was pretty scary um for, you, for you me too yeah, I, I mean, that was a personal experience, but... Again, he doesn't get scared. It He's was, like, yeah, touch me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time ever, too. It was very... It was actually really, like... I don't know. It was peaceful, actually. Uh, down in the basement. I put my arm out and asked for it, and I felt a, I felt a very nice, like, kind of movement across my arm. Uh, I was hoping we caught it on camera, like my sleeve moving something or something, but physical. that's why I didn't make the, the movie because, you know, we have to, if, every personal experience has to be backed up with, you know, some kind of evidence, some, you know, otherwise, otherwise we're just, you we're know, just, it's, he's just, it's a ghost story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we're doing this is, is to document so we can show you, you know, that's, that's the whole goal here. That's but, my personal goal, at yeah. least, you know, I experienced things throughout my life and my, I, I witnessed my parents talking about it. They both grew up in haunted houses. My grandfather was a treasure hunter. You know, he believed that hunting's work to do with the Spanish living treasures there and they were attached to it. You know, like he's, it goes generations back. But for me, it's like, I want the evidence. I want to capture it. That's, that's what's intriguing for me. Um, and as far as scary as real quick, if you want to talk about the film, yeah. what, what, what made the film, the dining room. That was, that was terrifying. And the yeah. audio, the yeah. cameras didn't capture at all what it sounded like. Yeah. The sound that you remember, you, you heard, uh, the sound, the cameras didn't even It was too, it was too, boom, boom on separate sides of, the house like a second apart and you and see me whip over and then i go back over and i like, it just confused us it was so loud and yeah that got us i i ran over we went outside you know trying to figure out what was going on and uh yeah that was that was that was scary um the proximity sensor uh you know in that room um that new room that they opened up for us yeah that was pretty going cool. off you know you'd be in the first people up in up in the attic yeah, I mean, she's some uh, Jen Hines and surprises with that one. We're like, wait, what? <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna go, you're gonna let us go somewhere where nobody's ever been? Like, how is that even possible? Awesome. Yeah. They give us the right carpet. It was, yeah, it do. was amazing. Uh, something interesting I thought is kind of the idea is if it is the house haunted, is the land haunted, and I just want to know kind of what is your definition of of haunting of something being haunted. Ooh. Um, I, th if, you know, so it's hard to say yeah. that ghosts exist and because there's the technology and science and, you know, everything, proof, everything hasn't like caught up to that yet, but, you know, we go off of, um, people's telling people telling us stories about their experiences and some of the, the footage that's been documented. So there, we think there's something more to all of this. <laughs> and if we were to kind of you know, give a hypothesis about what's going on at, you know, the real conjuring home. I would say that there's multiple levels of activity happening, not just one single thing. I feel like it's very personality kind of based reactions and, or sorry, interaction 
uh, it's it's inside and outside the house. To me, there's something in the land. The land. I I mean, we got the opportunity to. We talked to the neighbors. You know what happened to the neighbors. We mentioned the neighbors in the mm-hmm. film. So we called them because of COVID. We couldn't interview them. We kept this super tight and and in control. But uh, we were able to talk to them on the phone, and they were so happy to talk to us about their experiences. And they were happy that somebody was actually giving them an ear because <laughs> they're they also are experiencing things. And it goes beyond. I mean. The Heinzens own eight acres. Yeah. I don't know how many acres our neighbors do, but it's it's a lot of property. And the claims in there, I mean, there's just intense. I don't even think, I think we barely scratched the surface, yeah, to be definitely. honest. Like, I would love to go back and and do more research, especially regarding the land. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, the area. <clears throat> I mean, there, there's, a, there, there's multiple, uh, uh, sorry, there's lots of, um, Lots of encounters in the area, uh, the Bridgewater Triangles kind of nearby, which is very um, active for for um, for uh, sightings. But to, to answer your question, as far as what we think a, a haunting is, how it, sorry, um, how we think a haunting is born, or, or, or what produces a haunting, um, it, we find a pattern related to tragic events. And I think that's known uh, generally in the general public. Like in- yeah, I would say that's a good assumption is that, you know, that King Philip's War that had happened there was very bloody. There was a lot of land disputes in the area. Um, it's old. The house is 300 years it's old. It's very it's old. by several people. Uh, but there's no history records of tragedies in the house. I know that we know of, I mean, apparently... There's a lot of misinformation regarding this the, house. Regarding the house, yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, Sleepless Unrest, The Real Conjuring Home, uh, July 16th in theaters, which is very cool. Theaters are open again and on video on demand. And it was, uh, it was very uh, cool to talk with both of you. You too. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate everything. Okay. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye, everyone. Bye. I questioned, uh, are you still yeah. recording? Yeah. Oh, did you I watch the film? I'm confused. I wasn't sure. Did you watch yeah. the screener, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. Like, it was, yeah, yeah. like, how much am I saying or not? Right. And then there were some questions I had. I wasn't sure. I didn't want to give too much away because I did want to ask, like, if uh, anything weird has happened since because that's how you know it ends. But I didn't mm-hmm. want to give too much away of the movie either. I appreciate oh, that. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope everything's good. So. Um, it calmed down. It did. Uh, but it, it continued after we, yeah. we delivered the film and everything. It did continue. We continued to experience a few things. Rochelle were, said she had something happen uh, just recently. Like recently, like four days ago. They they didn't want to share too much. They they kept telling us. I'm like, why didn't you tell me we wanted to film this? But she literally was like, uh, yeah, my dog kept barking at the corner, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. All kinds of stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll let you go because I don't know if you have another one coming. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. It's nice talking to you. Bye. Oh, bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have The Tomb of Nick Cage.
find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Okay.